We stay together, we survive. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Stick together. In the name of unit cohesion. Cohesion. You are listening to the Cohesion Podcast. Actionable tips from internal comms leaders on how to improve your company's employee experience. Hello, and welcome to the Cohesion Podcast. This episode features an interview with Rajima Krishnamurthy, Senior Director of HR Technology at Microsoft. She has spent more than 20 years at Fortune 500 companies driving all facets of human resources technology. She is also a prolific speaker at digital HR conferences on experiences and people analytics and acts as an advisor and mentor for various companies in the HR technology sector. On this episode, Rajima discusses how, despite Microsoft's massive scale, she and her team still strive to focus on the individual user experience. She also talks about what's not getting enough attention in the employee experience space and the next big shift she sees coming out of hybrid work. But before we get into it, here's a brief word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Simpler, the modern intranet software that simplifies the employee experience. If you are looking to increase employee engagement, collaboration, and connectivity, Simpler is your answer. Learn more at simpler.com. So please enjoy this interview between Rajama Krishnamurthy, Senior Director of HR Technology at Microsoft, and your host, Amanda Berry. So Rajama, how are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you, Amanda. Well, thank you for joining me. I want to first start this interview off by understanding about your background in HR, human resources. How did you get interested in human resources? I fell into it by accident. So let me tell you my story. Um, I am a student of mathematics and I've done my graduate studies in operational research, a kind of applied mathematics. And I, uh, the next thing, best thing if you do mathematics is kind of getting into development or computer science and uh, things like that. So I became a developer at Monsanto. And I became a developer in the HR technology area, and that became uh, quite an happenstance because then it uh, led me to the beautiful area of human resources, basically, to be able to work with people and understand the problems of being an employee and, you know, the experiences and everything else. And then suddenly I said, you know what, I I like being a developer. It's, it's instant gratification when you finish your code, but it's even more gratifying when you're able to kind of balance between technology and HR. So I became a product uh, owner or a product leader in HR technology. So now I'm kind of balancing both understanding how human resources work, how what employees' needs are, and what the technology uh, advancements are, and, and make sure that both of them meet in the right way. Yeah, I feel like that's such a common story, right? How did you get to here? How did you get inter- interested in this area? I just sort of fell into it or it just came, you know, as an opportunity. That's such a common theme I hear when I talk to, you know, people with amazing careers. Would you tell tell us a little bit about your current role as the Senior Director of HR Technology at Microsoft? Yeah, um, I'm uh, leading a team of product owners uh, it, within what we call as employee experience organization within uh, Microsoft Digital. So our internal technology arm is called Microsoft Digital. And... Um, um, obviously, we place a lot of uh, emphasis on employee experience. So the, the whole organization is called employee experience rather than call HR technology or anything else. Uh, here, we actually, within that organization, we uh, we basically address the physical and digital experiences across Microsoft for any employee that is going to interact with 
Microsoft. So whether the desk that you're sitting, whether, you know, getting into the um, office or, you know, shuttles and the cafeterias, uh, those are the physical. And then the digital are all the experiences, whether it is human resources or legal or otherwise. And so it's kind of that organization under which I belong. I know it's a little bit of a long-winded answer, but you need to see the context. And then in my product, I own the products that, uh, or my team owns the products that we serve up for our employees uh, that are related to all of onboarding to offboarding and uh, all of these experiences and any experiences that we use for um, our support personnel in turn that are you know serving up our uh, employees and so on so that that is the area of um, my realm here in microsoft yeah that's great you know when you think about microsoft it's such a big company and you're managing the the hr right from hire to leave um just just out of curiosity how do you keep that individual user experience in the forefront as you're implementing these big these big rollouts? It's very common in big companies where you have massive HR organizations, massive technology organizations to forget the person that we are serving, that is the employee. And so at Microsoft, we we are very much conscious of that failure that we can get into, that gap we may fall into. So over the last few years, we have made sure that whatever we do, employees at the forefront, the silos of our organization, you know, whether it is we have even within HR, you have the centers of excellence of you know talent and and learning and and you know um, recruitment and so on. We don't want employees to feel those silos. So we are creating a singular experience. We are trying. Uh, we are not perfect yet. Trying to create a singular experience for employees or managers for whatever hat they wear or wherever they are. You know, in terms of wherever they are in the world or wherever they are in the in their career or whatever they are doing in their lives. So whether they are a new parent or they're getting married or they're adopting a child or whether they are becoming a new manager or just coming into Microsoft and getting onboarded and ramped or whether a new college hire or, you know, have they have great deal of experience at Microsoft and so on. So we are conscious of who you are, where you are and how you are in order to kind of serve up the experience. And that is how I'll, and all of this is based on data. So we don't like go and ask everybody, well, we know about you. Because we, you are applying for your parental leave. We know about you because you're asking, searching for, uh, um, you know, adoption or tuition and stuff like that. And we know that because we hired you from a college just a year ago. So all of this information is used to kind of um, relay that back into the experiences that we want to show up. It's very important because at, at any given company, what we forget is all of these physical and digital experiences are what you call as the culture. Culture is not something that you separately write down and then everybody's like, oh, this is culture. This is, but it, it is this, it is this amalgamation of all of this uh, beautiful experiences that you have. And then you can walk out and say, you know what, Microsoft is great, a great culture or not, you know, it depends on how you feel about it. But, but that's how I, that's how we see it. So we use data very much to drive the experiences for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just a little bit about me. I, wor I worked in internal communications, like corporate internal com communications for many years. So I've always worked very closely with like HR employee experience, IT. Um, so it's a real treat for me today to get to get your perspective on a lot of the questions that I have for you, um, because you'd mentioned working in silos. And then, you know, really there's a, the HR employee experience, internal communications, IT, help build that culture through multiple ways. So I'm really excited and a little bit to ask some questions about related to those. Uh, but I want to start with a segment we're calling Story Time. Welcome to Story Time. Story Time. 
have well over two decades of experience at Fortune 100 companies, specifically creating multi-year digital HR roadmaps at both Microsoft and Pfizer. Looking back, can you share some of the similarities and differences between the rollouts of those roadmaps at the various companies you've worked at? Human needs are the same, regardless of whether you are in a you are in a, a company that is you know manufacturing pharmaceuticals, like I was in Pfizer or in Monsanto, or you are actually working in a company that is serving up technology for digital transformations of various enterprises. At the end of the day, there is a human being that is coming to work every day and asking for, you know, I need to I need to focus on my work. So help me focus on my work. If I'm a manager, help me manage my team better. Help me grow in my career. Help me learn new skills. Uh, help me when I need you for when my family needs me and stuff like that. So those basic needs of an individual coming to work and earning a living doesn't change just because you work in a different company. So. From that perspective, it's very common. I mean, I have worked in uh, now three different Fortune 100 companies or 500 companies, and those are very common. A little bit to add on that is it doesn't matter which country you are in. The same needs occur. You know, there might be different situations that occur in different countries, different economic situations, different geographic situations, and, you know, sometimes even climate-related situations. But at the end of the day, it is the, the needs are the same. Uh, when it comes to working in a technology company versus a non-technology company is that at Pfizer, I was technology. So everyone else was either, you know, manufacturing drugs or, you know, selling it. And so when I said something, it was easier for me to convince other people that this is the, the right thing to do. Here, everybody is a technologist. So everyone has an opinion about what technology to use. How do you, um, uh, how do you implement it? So when we roll out something in, at uh, at Microsoft, we get a lot more feedback. So it keeps us on our toes always. You know, we, we can't just kind of be complacent about what we are doing. We are constantly getting feedback about what we are doing, how we are doing and why we are doing. And um, because our employees are serving the same thing to the other customers and other enterprises in the world. So we have to be the best, even if you're not like going for that goal. We have to because we have the demands are placed on us because of that. Yeah. I want to just point out something you said that really has just struck me that I haven't really thought about until this exact moment. You said we're addressing the human needs. And I think that's so much different than addressing employee needs. It's 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 broader, right? Employee needs is how do I sign up for benefits? Human needs are I want to adopt a child or I want to I'm having a child. I think that's Super important if our listeners take one thing away about how to improve the employee experience, think about the human experience. That's super critical. So thank you for so really bringing that out. I want to switch gears a little bit here. I read that you advised and mentor startups innovating in HR technologies. If you're able to talk about them, who are these companies and what excites you the most about the future of HR technology? Like I said, I love to work in the crossroads of technology and HR. I mean, imagine this is just like I love the fact that technology, when it serves uh, for uh, when it's used for the right purposes and enables certain things. And you can see the instant reaction, you know, in a way I'm the I'm an employee that's going to use my products. So I'm able to kind of it's again a kind of an instant gratification. The circle comes full very quickly for us. That's why where the, the advancements in technology in terms of the artificial intelligence and, you know, using data to kind of inform you, to predict, to be able to target 
um, experiences to be able to, you know, even before the employee is thinking about it, to be able to have suggestions. You know, you talked about human experiences. We call it moments, moments that matter for an employee. So how do you identify those moments that matter even before the employee does the, the, the way we do it? How do you create great teams using technology? How do you coach employees? How do you upskill them? How do you keep them engaged? How do you um, make make sure that they are energized to come to work the next day? Um, how do you create? How do you enable your culture to be propagated through technology? And so all of this is, you know, comes with the advancements in technology. Technology is a great place to connect people, whether it's the social platforms or, or you know, uh, I mentor companies that are working in the area of women who have gone off work and coming back to work and you know how do you enable a platform for them to find work women who are 55 and you know years older who are coming wanting to kind of stay in work and how do you find jobs for them people who are disabled for, from from uh, you know lesser fortunate communities and stuff like that and how do you find solutions for them how do you reduce the time that it takes to get anything done? All of these are companies that I kind of work and support uh, in terms of understanding what they do and how do I mentor in areas because I come from 23 years of working in this space and how do I kind of take that knowledge and translate into what the companies are doing and, uh, and how can I um, make them even better in, in my own little ways, basically. That's why I mentor in these, these areas. Yeah, and I'm going to have some more questions, very more detailed, specific questions about that. But I want to move into the next segment. We're calling it Getting Tactical. I'm trying to figure out tactics. And to be perfectly honest, I didn't have to worry about tactics too much. Here I am in charge and trying to say, why did you sleep through tactics? Tactics. One topic that, that I face in internal communications and have for years is the topic of tech governance and collaboration, right? Specifically when technology intersects across different departments and stakeholders. So like HR employee experience, IT, internal corporate communications. In today's new world of we're all pretty much working remote or a large majority of people during the pandemic, these technologies used to be helping people do their job, and now it's more core to how we are working and learning and working together. Um, think of like Teams, Slack, right? It used to be you would get on there, you could chat with someone. Now it's how we meet each other in the new, new employee experience. There will continue to be these strong collaborative relationships between HR, employee experience, IT, and communications. But there's almost these visible lines in the sand when it comes to governance. Can you talk a little about how you see the role of different stakeholders, employee experience, internal communications, and IT when, it, when we talk about governance of these technologies that are designed to improve the employee experience? Absolutely. For me, everything begins at data. Life begins at data when it comes to employee experiences. Uh, we really need to, and it comes from listening. And the listening, the ears that we put on the ground through whether it is HR or through our communications, the daily pulses, the polls that we have for our employees that tell us that they need certain things, that tell us that, for example, it's getting very tiresome to work during the pandemic with children. What are you company doing to kind of keep me productive, keep me engaged, keep me employed while I give you back? Well, what can you give me something to kind of work through that? So those are all listening devices we put on the ground in various ways with, between the internal communications and HR. So 
and even in IT, so a research arm, which which basically kind of come, consumes the information from the uh, from the employees, and then um, think of so if you have that, and then HR has HR is responding with the definite program. So then you HR, for example, at Microsoft, we said, oh, you, it's getting hard for you to you know take care of your children. Here you go, three months of pandemic childcare leave for you, paid from Microsoft. So employees who have children could take that and avail that. And so in some cases, both parents were working for Microsoft for six months, they were able to take care of their children over the year while they were getting paid by Microsoft. So that does the implementation of the programs came from the, uh, comes from the, um, the HR app. So they are listening and you know, the programs are kind of getting designed. So now that the programs need to be kind of enabled so that people who are going to have to take those leaves need need a place to kind of uh, apply and, you know, maintain and all of that stuff. So how do you manage, um, manage that? That's all through the technology. So at the end of the day, um, the three of them are have to work very closely together to make sure that we don't kind of fall off of, I'm telling you to do something kind of. It always needs to come from the the information that we are gathering on on a daily basis from or on a whatever the frequency basis from our employees and that and also from the industry. So if our employees are seeing that other companies are doing certain things, you know, if uh, I'll just go if Google is giving that kind of a pandemic leave or something like that, they are going to move. So talent is of essence. So you've got to make sure that people are listening in, people are clued in, and then you know how do you take those programs and uh, apply that. And again, as I said before, it all comes from the data or the information that we gather inside and outside. Yeah. And what role do you think comp- uh, the leadership at the, the company level, the C-suite level plays in this as well? They can help by ensuring that the three, three arms are working well together. And more importantly, they can help prioritize. So it becomes very natural for people to think that one is more important than the other. But people sitting at that level are more clued into what else about the company? So not everything that rises up can be immediately acted on. So you have to kind of balance it with the economic realities of the company or economic realities of the place where you're situated or the geographic or the political or whatever realities of the situation is. And then you kind of react to those situations based on those. Uh, so they have that know-how and the and they should kind of bring in their leadership in terms of prioritizing for the for whatever you bring up. You'd mentioned the three arms working together. What advice would you give someone if those three arms aren't working together? I would almost step back and ask yourself the question, what, what outcomes that you're looking for? Instead of worrying about, I said that HR, so you do it, IT, or I, IT, I know better, because, so I'm going to do it, or internal communication saying something totally different from the other two. I think the best way to do it is to come together and kind of figure out what our vision is. What is our outcome? What is the desired outcome together? Is it about you, me, and the, uh, and the other, or is it about the employee? If you're going to put employee at the center of this equation, pull together an employee experience vision. Write down what you want to do. What are the pillars that you want to go? What are the principles? What are the guardrails that you want to be controlled under? And then what is it that is going to dictate what? how do you navigate this journey? Basically, like I said, use the data. Use the information that your employees are giving. Your employees are the best to tell you what to do. And then, and then use your leaders to kind of help, uh, you know, prioritize what you need to do. So in a way, 
start with your outcomes, what business values you want to drive, and together you will be able to come to a common place. We had the same struggle, so but we have made it um, over the last few years, we have made it so that it is it is the data that is driving our decisions, not just uh, how each of us feel about what, because employee experience could be very opinionated. I mean, we all have opinions about anything that we see, right? You know, if we look at an artwork, I like it, you don't like it, and so on. So employee experience is similar, um, especially when it, as you roll it out within the company. But when majority of our employees are saying yay or nay about something, then, you know, you kind of get the idea and you get the news. So you basically uh, react to that. You mentioned a lot about data. Data is really driving so much. But outside of data, what resources or what are you doing to help stay ahead of other big companies, the Googles and the world, to really help um, understand the trends and, and um, you know, in the industry and technology that'll help you better facilitate a better employee experience in this virtual environment? I mean, luckily, I work for a company that not only creates digital experiences for our own employees, we create it for the enterprise outside of our company as well. Uh, so we have tons of information that we gather, we do research, we we understand about uh, everything and associated with people working in the future of work you know what how are people working what's going to happen in hybrid how are we thinking about like you know making sure that people still feel engaged are in a community are working in teams are 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 contributing and are feeling good about contributing and are still wanting to work for your company so all of this information we gather through our research we have a lot of research done at microsoft and we use that, and I'm sorry, but I have to go back to that data because that research produces that data. Um, and we we use that, like, uh, for example, um, you know, you've heard about the great reshuffle. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, uh, our research shows that over 30,000, I mean, we did a research for, with about 30,000 people in 31 countries. And it shows that 41% of the employees are considering an employer change this year. I mean, that's huge. Hmm. And... Uh, 46% are, con, you know, could move if they are allowed to work remotely. Yeah, it's huge. It's like almost 50% of your employee population is ready to kind of migrate. I mean, that is huge. So we those that kind of gives us an idea of how, what do you need to do about your talent and, you know, how what, what do you place? Other things that I do is that I participate in a lot of forums outside of Microsoft um, to uh, in forums that specifically to use um, these forums are about HR technology, what are the trends? And I, I also speak to other tech companies in this area and people who are in my job in other tech companies to kind of understand their, how they are dealing with some of these pain points. Absolutely. Well, if it was if it, in a perfect world, if you had all the data you wanted, all the information you needed, um, what is one tech change you would make that would absolutely instantly improve the employee experience? I would make everything come to the employee rather than employee going to something, you know, uh, so that that is, I would say, and that is exactly what we call as the employee working at the flow of work. I mean, getting productive during the flow of work. So you are, you're working in your outlook, you're working in your teams, you're working in your Slack or whatever. How about all of your experiences just show up in those places where you're working so that you're not like, oh, today I have to do this. So I have to find that portal and this is the URL for that portal or, you know, I'm storing it somewhere or anything like that. Instead, it just comes to me and I'm able to just kind of do that work. That's That would be my dream employee experience for the future. That's one actually that I've always thought that if your, pers- if your experience was so personalized and right there and immediate, that's actually 
That was the one I've been thinking about as I've been building these questions. As, a, as an employee, that would make my life so much easier. I don't have to go find the link to work day or to, it's all right here for me. That's, that's so I'm really glad to hear that. And I'm glad to hear that maybe one day you'll be working on that. <laughs> we actually have started at Microsoft. So if you have heard about the product called Viva, okay, it is going to be right in, it's a platform for experiences within Teams. So it's a, it's a product. But uh, we are going to adopt it in Microsoft, obviously. We are the customer zero for that. Well, I'm really excited to hear that. That's awesome. I'm, that's so cool that you all are working on that. Um, I will definitely be keeping an eye on that. One more question I want to ask here, I'm sort of about this employee experience, this virtual employee experience. What is the one issue that comes to your mind of working remote or virtual that isn't getting enough attention? Let me just start with the positive. It is democratize the team, right? In a way, everybody is in the same situation. Everybody's working out of the, their, their bedrooms or their closets or whatever. <laughs> Basements. They, they, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They can find a, a spa- quieter space. So that has kind of equalized. I think what this has done is that it has, um, you know, totally taken away the line between home and work. It has taken away those margins. It has taken away the commutes. It has taken away which becomes like there are there is no division between my home and my work. In some ways, it is saving some time. In some other ways, there is no time that you cannot you, you have to stop working. Some companies are making um, specific things to kind of call that a day or you know shut it down or have kind of a mindset to do that and or have a commute something you know so that you can get away from work. But this is actually not very healthy that we are always uh, at the beck and call of the work and that it's like three steps away from your bed, literally. And that is not going to be a great place to be. And I think uh, as we think about the hybrid workspace um, of the future, we really need to start thinking about how do you make that a reality for each individual that is working. Yeah, I, I know. I definitely feel that. Everything you just said. It's nice that I can run downstairs and throw a load of laundry in the washer, but I'll be sitting here until 8 p.m. while my dinner is getting cold. So you, you, yeah, I totally, I, I, I agree with that as from my own experience as well. I'm gonna move on to the next segment, ripped from the headlines. You hear the news? X Street, X Street, read all about it. Our stories ripped from the headlines. Ripped from the headlines. I would be remiss if I didn't ask a question about Pfizer to you since you worked there. Hypothetically, if you were back at Pfizer as the director of HR business technology and we rewound to the start of the pandemic, right, knowing what you know now, how do you imagine your role would have changed? I would be doing what in a little bit ways what I'm doing right now, right? In the sense that I might I need to start thinking about experiences that uh, that and you know employees experiences that are not just about making sure that, you know, you can change your address and you're able to, as a manager, you're able to promote your employee or, you know, as you're onboarding that we give you a great onboarding, but all of this available digitally now, uh, you know, that those physical touch points are gone. So how do I make sure that, that those physical touch points are transformed digitally? And as I'm doing that, I'm also considering the employee well-being that I'm not forgetting that at the end of the human experience, there is a human and that I need to treat them like, and I want to make sure that 
If I'm going to tell the employee that, you know, you have a meeting at 10 o'clock, I'm also going to tell the employee that it's 10.50 and you might want to like stop it right now instead of an entire hour, a suggestion to kind of have a 50-minute meeting rather than an hour and go take a walk or, you know, or go pet your dog or get a cup of tea or whatever you can do during the day so that you don't feel like, you know, you're glued to your screen all the time. So it's about making... It's about thinking about experiences in a very different way than I had when I was at Pfizer, because at Pfizer, everybody was coming to work. And, you know, I, in some cases for experiences, I had kiosks for people who did not have computers. You know, we had manufacturing plants and stuff like that. So now I have to make sure that that experiences are mobile. So I need to make sure that they they are they have it in devices that they can access. Obviously, we don't. We won't have remote manufacturing. But wherever uh, wherever the employees are, we need to make sure that the experiences are, and that they don't have to travel to the experiences. That the experiences travel to them, basically. Yeah, I have to imagine that your experience over the pandemic, through the pandemic at Microsoft, has really impacted sort of that roadmap you may have come up with at the beginning pre-pandemic. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to move on to the the next segment. It's our final segment. It's called Asking for a Friend. Just asking for a friend. Hey, asking for a friend. Asking for a friend. As a female leader, what has been the most significant barrier in your career? Uh, It's not just about being a female leader. It's about being a female leader in tech. And... uh, you know, it's jokingly called, it's great to be a female leader in tech because there are no lines in the bathroom. I've never heard that. <laughs> That's, yeah. It is not as, you know, joyful as you would think to not have those lines. I would rather have those lines. I do believe things are changing now. I'm not going to like, you know, things are changing and we have to make the change. We have to bring about that change to bring not just the females. It, it's also about all other communities of you know, marginalized communities. We need to make sure that all everyone shows up uh, in the tech world because everything is going tech. I mean, especially after the pandemic, digital transformation is everywhere. And so we need to kind of uh, close that gap and bring everybody to the table. But sp- since you asked specifically about the female, I think it is important, and I'm going to co- focus on the tech part of it. It is important to encourage the students to go into science and technology, especially the girls to kind of embrace that. I have found myself in meetings where I'm the only one talking and kind of being talked over. And, uh, you know, my voice is louder just because of that. You know, you have to kind of be a little bit out there to be heard and so on. So I don't want that for our next generation. I want our next generation to be just equally in the room or in the virtual room, wherever they're working anymore, uh, to be able to be heard and uh, and, um, followed because this is happening in a lot of ways, but we have a lot of way to go in terms, the long way to go to kind of achieve that from uh, from making sure that we don't even have to ask that question. Are is our female leaders, our female leaders in tech, and a thing because it's just a normal thing to have female leaders in tech. And and I'm hoping I'm doing my little things by encouraging students, um, not just across U.S. but across other countries, to be kind of focused on the science and technology, to be interested in mathematics, to be interested in engineering, to be interested in coding and make sure that they can actually move on to that. Um, and I, I feel like when you keep them engaged with that, most girls love coding They like because there is that logical thing about uh, how um, I think a female brain works, that it 
it adapts to coding very nicely. And I'm not saying the other way that the, the males don't think logically, so don't don't get me wrong. But I think, um, and they they get very interested. So it is it takes work, but it even if we do one person one person at a time, uh, we will be able to make uh, make the change for this world. Yeah. What advice do you give when you speak to to women who want to go into tech? Or as you know, you said, you know, maybe marginalized communities who want to go into tech. What advice do you give them? I tell them, I first, I actually talk, talk to them about uh, how, what uh, digital or what tech can do in the world. I mean, most people don't understand, uh, you know, how, um, you know, even the fact that their phone works, um, how does that work, you know? So kind of bringing it down to their everyday lives and how does it change the everyday lives, kind of talk about that. But more importantly, I talk to them about how easy is it to learn science and technology, how rewarding it would be to be learning how to code because it's instant gratification. You you don't people who are like have, for example, you know, mental barriers about talking to other people or, you know, are, are normally very reticent in terms of having social contact or stuff like that. They're great at like uh, sitting at a computer and getting coding done. These things are, so I tell them all of the advantages that you might have in terms of just having a work that will pay them well, but in also instantly reward them because you will get a program written and it'll work and you'll all feel good about it and so on. And and it'll it'll work not just for you, it'll work to serve the world. You know, you might you might be designing the next Fitbit or something that will go into uh, people being healthy or, you know, whatever. I mean, the, I could go on and on about uh, what technology can do. Yeah. Yeah. Could you take a quick step back when I, when I mentioned what advice would you give them? What's some advice that's maybe been given to you or something that's really helped put you on the path that you are in your very successful career that you would like to share? Be uncomfortable. You know, be comfortable in being uncomfortable was this, was something that was given to me. It's like, and I have always followed that. It's like, oh, I'm a, I'm slightly uncomfortable. I mean, the public keeps speaking. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, you know, geek and, uh, <laughs> you know, love to be in, on my own a lot, but but this whole idea of speaking and speaking up and speaking outside, all of that comes to me from being a little bit slightly uncomfortable to do that and over a period of time kind of learn to be. And then there is the next uncomfortable thing that you want to do. And there is some, it's like riding a roller coaster, you know, nobody's comfortable riding a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. You know, you put through <laughs> that. So then, you know, that's that's how I see, um, that's, that, that's an advice that was given to me. And I've always thought that's a great advice to have for anybody. Yeah, I've heard that. That's that's becoming something that's more talked about, that being uncomfortable. For me, I've just been hearing it over the past maybe five years. And that's made a huge impact on how I interact with, you know, employees, with different departments, what decisions I make, even in my personal life. I feel like I want to get one of those like pretty signs that you see that up cursive that has that just that on it and put it up in my office. So it's just a good reminder. Be comfortable in being yes. uncomfortable. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you have a t-shirt made, you know. Do <laughs> <laughs> a whole branding, pens, like branding pens. Last question. Um, we may have already touched on this, but I want to see what do you think is the next big shift in technology related to the employee experience that you see coming out of the virtual, virtual work environment? I think I spoke about this a lot uh, earlier as well. If you want, talent is is a problem today and it's going to be a problem tomorrow. You have to keep your talent engaged and upskilled. I mean, it's going to be harder to keep going and, oh, you want another skill, you want to go get another person. So 
having a very good understanding of what your what the company's needs are today ra i know i'm i'm kind of going back to that so understanding what your needs are understanding where your employees are to be and um, and making sure that they have kept engaged and uh, and enriched through skilling and upskilling and so on is going to be and how you do that is going to be your next uh, basically your challenge but not just about the company and the employees it is also going to be about the well-being of the employees as people start working remotely more and more that community and you know water cooler conversations and all of that is not going to be there anymore so now you're going to have want to uh, bring that community back online and how do you do that what kind of steps you will take to make sure employees are well by themselves and communities are well in teams and a company as well as a larger community is something that you need to focus on i'm going to take three big things away from this personally data <laughs> being uncomfortable and thinking about the human experience over the employee experience so arjuna this has been so much fun and so informational for me but before i want to like before i let you go please let our listeners know where they can find you and if there's anything else you would like for them to hear from you they can always find me on linkedin rajama krishnamurthy on linkedin happy to connect with everybody um i would say if if there are women and girls listening any age any uh, any quarter just remember that science and technology could get you take you far so get into it it is it's a great place to be nothing else just be happy in what you do thank you so much for joining me today this has been wonderful thank you very much thanks for your time and it was wonderful talking to you amanda thank you thank you again for listening to this episode of the cohesion podcast brought to you by simply the modern internet software that simplifies the employee experience. Learn more about how Simpler can help you build the future of your employee experience at simpler.com. That's s i m p p l r.com. To all of our listeners out there, thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, make sure to hit subscribe, leave a review and head over to www.simpler.com/podcast for more information. Until next time, you're listening to the Cohesion Podcast, brought to you by Simpler. See you in the next episode.